T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Emotional Management, a weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti, brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on KDKA Radio. Good evening. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. What a beautiful day. What a great day to be alive. You know, we have a lot of times we focus on things that are troubling us. We focus on things that are interfering with our peace. And when that happens, sometimes one of the best resets we can do is come back to gratitude, come back to the things for which we are thankful. We have a powerful show for you tonight. The number is 866-391-1020 if you want to be a part of the show. And of course, you can email on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Look, sometimes it's difficult to speak uh, your issues or call in about your issues. And Sometimes people worry, are people going to recognize me or are people going to recognize my, you know, know who I am and know what my issue is? Look, this is, these are big airwaves and I want you to feel confident that you can call in. Hey, you can change your name. No one's going to know. No one's going to know. Um, and I would love to hear from you. We have some really powerful questions to get to tonight that have already been emailed in uh, on the Dollar Bank Instant Access email, but I definitely want to hear from you. So I do a lot of work in the prison system. I do a lot of work um, with inmates, with people who have been sentenced to everything from several years in prison to life imprisonment. And the work I do in the prison system is powerful. It teaches me something that is a message that I believe transcends the walls uh, and the confinement. I believe this resonates with everyone. So. I walked into the prison recently and I said, look, I talked to a group of inmates and I said, your life is led right now by what? Like what really drives your life? And we sat and we talked about it. A lot of guys are still trying to be tough. A lot of guys are still trying to assert their power, assert their position in life. And that makes sense. That makes sense for a lot of us. We want to assert our position in life. We want to be right in life. We want to make sure that others know that we have value. But I asked these guys, I said, look, what if your life was directed by three things? What if your life was directed by inner peace, education, like personal growth and legacy, what you're going to leave behind, what you're going to give to this world. And so the first question to ask yourself, inner peace, if you think about it, and if, if you've ever been around someone in hospice, in their final moments, people are asking themselves, what could I have given the world? What, what, what unnecessary arguments did I have? What people should I have forgiven earlier on? And so what if we didn't wait until our very last breath to seek peace? What if we sought peace earlier? And my message is this, look, if you want to be good at basketball, what do you do? You practice basketball. If you want to be good at singing, 
you practice singing. If every single one of us wants to have peace, then why not practice peace? And we can't just practice peace when everything falls in line, when everyone agrees with everything we have to say, when people don't challenge our opinions. We need to practice peace whenever things are difficult, when people cut you off in traffic, when your loved ones say those things that you simply do not agree with, when people challenge what you believe to your core and say, I absolutely disagree with that. I don't know if you've noticed, there might have been a little blurb in the paper, but there's some anger in the world today. There's some anger about people disagreeing with each other about everything from politics to religion to everything. And that anger is deep and it's, and people lash out at each other who disagree with each other. But look, at the end of the day, you can't change the outside world. You can't change others. So years ago, I remember, um, our, my wife and daughter and I, we lived out West and I remember watching a news story where, uh, at Cal Berkeley, people were arguing, it was a political argument and there was police tape up and there were two crowds and one side believed one thing, one side believed another thing. And there was police tape up and the people were screaming at each other. And I thought it was fascinating that not one person from the other side said getting screamed at spit in the eye. Oh, that's a good point. I should come over and believe what you believe now. No one gives up their beliefs being yelled at, being told what to do. Um, we can't control the outside world. We can't control that others are going to think differently, believe differently. We know we can only control ourselves. So we need to look inward. And I say, why wait till the end of our lives to begin practicing peace? Let's begin practicing it now. So inner peace is one. Two, education. Education means... Look, the root of education comes from Ducheri, which is to lead an ex ed out, to lead out, to lead out of proverbial darkness. So education can be about learning whatever subject you want to learn about, but it can also be learning about yourself and the things that you don't know about yourself, this personal growth. So education, what if that, what if that was our primary goal? One of our three primary goals. So inner peace, education, and then legacy. Look, the reality is that you bring energy to every situation that you come to and you leave behind energy every time you walk away. And it's easy to think of what others bring, right? Oh, I don't like to be around her. I don't like to be around him. Oh my goodness. When he comes around, oh my goodness. When she comes around and we can identify and spot what other people are doing relatively easily, but we fail to realize that we're also bringing energy to situations and people are easy, either saying, oh my goodness, I love being around that person. That person makes me feel safe, comfortable. I enjoy that person's presence. Or are they saying about us, oh my, here we come. And, and if you don't know, if you're not really aware of what others are saying, then you're really not mindful of the type of energy that you're bringing to people. But listen, you're leaving a legacy. You can't escape that. This is the reality of being alive. You cannot escape the fact that you are leaving a legacy. What you can control is the type of energy you bring to people. Now, of course, you cannot control how people interpret your energy. Of course, you can't control how people interpret what you say, but you can control what you bring to people. And when you're trying to decipher what kind of 
self-dialogue you have that leads to inner peace. When you're trying to decipher what you're really learning and what's blocking you from learning about you, when you're trying to decipher what your energy is that you're leaving behind, things can get in the way. There can be blockages. There can be things that stop you from learning. And if that's the case, if you're stuck and you want to figure it out, I want to talk to you. I want to learn. I want to listen and I want to learn about you and I want to help try to provide some insight. The number is 866-391-1020. And again, I'd love for you to call in. I love having that conversation. I think we can get further when we talk. So 866-391-1020 is the number. And if you feel more comfortable, go ahead and send an email. Dollar Bank Instant Access is kdkaradio.com. But think about it. Inner peace, education, including personal growth, and legacy. What are you giving to the world? I want to help you figure that out. This is what emotional management is all about. 866-391-1020 is the number. This is emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. It's Monday night. The number is 866-391-1020. If you want to be a part of the show, you can also email at the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. So I do a YouTube channel, and earlier today I put out a new video on self-talk and anger. So I'm an anger management specialist. I'm actually a level five anger management specialist. What's that mean, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. A level five anger management specialist. There are actually only four of us in the world. Um, I feel super blessed to be able to have this position. It was an honor to to, to get there. Um, the National Anger Management Association bestowed that upon me. That's a strange way to phrase that, but I'm super grateful for it. I love it. I deal a lot with anger. I've dealt with angry people for 20 years. Um, I do videos on anger management, but I put out the YouTube channel because it's a free resource for people. And I feel very humbled by the people I reach, the people who come back and talk to and, and reach out from there. But if you want to check it out, it's YouTube. You just go to Dr. Christian Conte, C-O-N-T-E. But the video I put out today was about self-talk and anger. So for instance, if you say to yourself, man, I, I, I hate it when people do this. I hate it when they do that. Think about what that word hate elicits or evokes in you. That's a strong emotion. That's a strong word. I hate that. So your self-talk drives how you feel. Look, the reason why I agreed to do this show, and I'm so grateful to KDKA for offering for me to do this show, but the reason why I agreed to do this show was I thought, I want to be able to reach people around emotions. I want to be able to help you. We don't talk about this a lot, let alone, I don't think either women or men talk about it a lot, but certainly as, as a man in this culture, we don't grow up talking about how we feel and what's going on with our emotions. I, I think it's important for us to have that dialogue. Emotions aren't wrong or bad. They are what they are. Anger isn't bad or wrong. Anger just is an emotion. It's a signal. It's teaching us something. And sometimes it teaches us it's a motivator. It's, it's a helpful motivator. I can't stand where I am. So then you start to move and you, you, you can't stand it as a powerful statement. Think about that. Here's what a lot of self-talk does 
when it comes to anger. We tell ourselves very extreme things and then we get, we lash out. I can't stand it when she says that. I can't stand it when he does that. And think about that power in that statement. If you can't stand it when someone says something, you're going to lash out. You're going to come back out strong. But if you say to yourself, you know what? I don't like it. I didn't enjoy when they said that, but it's not the end of the world. I can handle it. Think about that. You actually, so what I used to teach in uh, graduate school, and I loved teaching. I loved being a professor. I loved being in front of a class. But one of the things that I loved was I would, I would when I taught self-talk, I would write on the board, two di- would have the same situation. So let's say the situation was uh, someone cut you off in traffic. All right. And on one side of the board, I would write, I, I hate it when people cut me off. I can't stand it. And then on the other side of the board, we would write, okay, person, same, same situation, same scenario, someone cuts you off. And instead, the person says, I really don't like when people cut me off, but it's not the end of the world, and I can handle it. Now, the second statement is actually true. The second way of approaching it is actually true. You don't like it. That's true. Um, it's not the end of the world. That's true. And I can handle it. That's also true. See, the first statement, I hate it. I can't stand it. That's not true. That's intense. That's overly intense. That's exaggerating. So here is what happens. I used to have the students read both sides and I would have them try to read the side of the board that said, I don't like it when people cut me off, but it's not the end of the world and I can handle it. And you actually can't even say it with the same tone of voice without cracking up laughing because what you say to yourself is driving you. It's driving your emotions. So the video today on YouTube, it's free. It's, uh, it's about anger and self-talk, but that's the concept about it. So I want to go to the Dollar Bank Instant Access, and I want to go to these emails. And I'm going to start off with this one. Hey, Dr. Conti, big fan of yours. Well, thank you. Uh, my son is asking me all the time about getting him a cell phone. I told him I'll do research and also ask you. My son is 11 years old. 11 years old. Thank you very much, Paul. Paul, thank you so much for this email. Um, very powerful. I appreciate that. Um, that's a lot of responsibility for me to give you some feedback on this if your son's waiting, especially if he's listening right now. Um, I have to tell you, I'm super humbled by the fact that I encounter people and people have reached out uh, to me personally telling me that they listen to this show. So uh, if you're listening right now for the first time, thank you so much. If you're a, an, uh, you're a listener every week, thank you so much. I'm definitely humbled that the fact that people listen to this show, I think we all have this experience in life where we think, wait a minute, why would one, somebody want to listen to me? Um, so I definitely don't ever lose that. I'm very, very humbled by that. So Paul, thank you so much. Let's talk about this. So your son is 11 years old and he wants to get a cell phone. Um, here are the advantages to having a cell phone. It's a dangerous world. It's, it's great to stay connected with your children. It's great to be able to find your children, know where they are. I mean, a lot of these cell phones have uh, the tracking. You know where the, your child is. Find my iPhone. You, you'll know exactly where your children are. So it's a safety feature, and that's awesome. Here's another reality. If unchecked, your children could spend way too much time on a cell phone. So if you plan to give your son a cell phone and say, here you go, have at it, take off, 
I don't know if that's a great idea because we have met young people who have spend eight, nine hours on the phone a day, eight or nine hours on the phone a day. Imagine that. Imagine what is teaching young people when they're spending eight or nine hours on the phone a day. Because remember, the phone is a conduit for the internet, for everything that is out there in the ether of the World Wide Web can come right through the phone. So they have access to things that are bigger than what you might imagine. So there are some things that I think are really important. First, let me tell you where I stand with this on a personal level. So as when I was a professor, I used to be very mindful to let people know where I'm coming from because I thought it's not okay to try to influence people's perspectives without letting them know where I'm coming from. So on a personal level, yes, absolutely. My wife and I chose to get our daughter a phone when she was young. That being said, we are very clear and open that we monitor that phone. There's not anything on that phone that I cannot access at any time. There is not any message that I will not see. There is not any internet site that I will not see that is being looked at. And and that's not a threat. That's not intimidating. That's an open dialogue. So in other words, here's an opportunity to have a phone. Here's what comes with this phone. We're going to talk about whatever's going on, whatever you're looking at. And so if you can have an open dialogue like that around the phone, it's a beautiful thing. In fact, one of the things my wife and I are super proud of with our daughter is she really isn't very into her phone. She's allowed to be whatever she want to do, but we teach her about balance. So it's not about just here's the phone. How about also having the lesson of balance? Be mindful that if you fill your mind with, let's say, for instance, violence, well, that's what's going to be in your mind. And if you can teach that lesson above all, that's more important than anything else. So whether or not you choose to get your son a phone, I would say choose first and foremost to make sure you're ready to have a dialogue with him. We got a lot more coming up. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDK Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Happy Monday. Look, the number is 866-391-1020. And I want to stay on the topic. Before the break, I answered a question from Paul, who is considering getting his 11-year-old son a cell phone. And I really, I want to come back to this because this is an issue that I believe maybe many of you might be thinking about out there. Or if you, even if you have children or grandchildren who have a cell phone, I'm about to give you some tips that I think are really essential. Um, One of the tips is this. So I was at the University of Oregon. I work with sports teams and I work with, uh, in the past, I've worked with the University of Oregon football. So first of all, their facilities, that is the epicenter of Nike. And my gosh, is it beautiful. What technology. I love it. So I loved uh, working with those kids. And But when I went out to Oregon and I saw the coach's room, this is kind of like their war room. No way. This is secret information right here. This is information that you would not have otherwise. Not a lot of people get to go in there. And I love it. When I went back and coach was telling me, he said, listen, we don't really let outsiders in here. So it was really an honor for me to get to go back there. But one of the cool things was I, I sat at this table 
where the coaches gather around, and when they are recruiting young people, here's what they do. Picture this. Now, you're in this absolutely beautiful, technologically advanced room. There are eight big screen televisions around. So there's a table where about 20 people sit, 20 different coaches. There are eight big screen televisions. And here's what they would do. They would pull up. Let's say they wanted to recruit someone. They would pull that young person's social media up and boom, on eight different big screens, they would go through everything that person did. Because remember, that person would then go on to represent the University of Oregon. See, one of the pieces of advice that my wife and I have given our daughter, and we we emphasize this, is it's something important, and it's a reality. You represent yourself in every given moment. You represent yourself. You represent your family. You represent your faith. See, you to be able to think that, oh, I can just say this, and it's no big deal. One of the things I used to tell athletes is this. So let's stick with football. So I'm talking about Oregon football. One of the things I would tell the kids was, if you make a mistake, if or, or let's say you not make a mistake, you go out and you hurt someone, okay? Well, there goes another football player. So now you're not just someone who's doing something. Let's say domestic violence was a big issue. It still is a very big issue where uh, men think it's okay to intimidate or be aggressive or even worse, hurt um, a, a female in a relationship. And so when they do that, think about this. It's another football player. Oh, somebody goes, well, there goes, fo- that's football players. And now it's not just even college football, it's all of football. So now anyone who plays football gets lumped into this category of, well, there he goes, there goes another and then whatever the stereotype is. So I used to say to guys, you're not just representing yourself and your university, but you're representing the sport of football. So let's come back to that table. So you're in this room and these coaches are bringing up on eight big screen televisions, those those moments on social media where you thought you were all by yourself. Oh, I'm just going to lash out. I'm angry at so-and-so. No one's going to see this. No one's going to know. And you don't think. And so, Paul, one of the main pieces of advice I have for you, if you give your son a phone, which is absolutely, like I said, we gave our daughter a phone and it's perfectly fine, but it's teaching this lesson. If you're going to lash out when you're angry, what you think you're going to say in darkness is going to be seen in the light People are going to see it. I was a school counselor back in when I was getting my PhD in the year 2000, 1999-2000, and I was a school counselor, and I remember, this was before Facebook and things like that, but there was something called MySpace. I don't even know what it was, but I remember it was a social media type thing, platform called MySpace, where people would talk about themselves and things like that, but I guess they could interact. Well, one of the kids picked on another kid and said something really mean, and after she said it, she hurried up and took it down, but the other student who had the mean thing said about them took a screenshot and then printed it out, so they brought it into the school. And here they were sitting down. I was a school counselor. Here's the printed out piece of paper. And the student was like, I took it down immediately. Well, guess what? It was already captured. 
The moment you press send, it's already captured. So here's something I think, Paul, your son's going to have to face as much as our daughter, my daughter's going to have to face as much as all young people will have to face. It's something that I'm guessing, Paul, if you're my age or older, you or around my age, you and I, we didn't have to face this. We didn't have to face this. When we were young, we would say a lot of dumb, stupid things that we all regret and we all wish we could go back and change. But the reality is we didn't have to have that stuff recorded for all eternity. And now when young people say something, boom, that's it. It's recorded for all eternity. So I think there is a bigger responsibility for young people when they have these phones to understand that when they lash out impulsively, now look, first thing your son might say is, well, that's not fair. Well, you didn't have to have that happen to you. And you know what? You're right, but that's not reality. So I always talk about the cartoon world, which is the world the way we think it should be, and then the real world, which is the way the world actually is. And the truth is, Paul, your son's going to have to face the real world, and he lives in a world where young people are accountable for everything they say. And when they say it on social media, it's there, it's out there, and it can't be taken back. Let's go back to that football room and that coach's room. So now, whatever was said on Twitter when you're 15 years old is now being brought up when you're being recruited at 17 and 18 years old to go into university. And if something came up that would misrepresent that university, and I want to be clear, this isn't just Oregon. I work with uh, the University of Florida State University, University of Tennessee, uh, University of Pittsburgh, um, University of Texas A&M. I work with really big universities. So this isn't just one or two universities. This is all of them. This is what they do. This is what they do. They, they say, are these children, are these young people going to represent our university? Well, and that's important to understand. If you don't know this, if you can't teach your son, look, people are going to be watching. People are going to be listening for whatever you say. Well, that's important to say. So that's one thing to note. Second thing is this, Paul, I want you to tell your, your, your son. And I, and I think it's important to understand this. You, you don't want to put things out when you're emotional. So in other words, it's actually a pretty good idea to teach him how to not just say something when he's emotional, to be able to step back and say, you know what? Maybe I should give it a minute. Maybe I should give it a minute. I'm going to give this topic a minute. I'm going to go to the phone lines and uh, I'm going to go to uh, the phone lines. And Amy, you're on KDKA radio. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. What's going on? Well, I um, I sent you an email um, in regards to validation questions. So, um um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. That's awesome. Let's do that. So let's get, you want to summarize your question for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I do have some anger management issues and um, that's why I actually, once I discovered it, um, I kind of, you know, Googled everything and kind of read as much as I could about it and saw your videos and watched quite a a lot of them and I noticed that in quite a few videos you talk about validation and that's important to tell a person who has anger management issues um, to validate them right and personally I never understood 
why is that important? Because I felt like um, if anyone tries to validate me or like to calm me down, that actually makes me more angry, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes, yes. So I think it's that's a really, really great question. I think the when we go to validate someone, it, there's a difference in the tone and in the way we do it. So if you validate someone or someone comes at you and tries to validate you and they do it with kind of a placating tone where they're kind of condescending, like you need to calm down type voice, that's probably going to trigger mm-hmm. a lot of anger. But if what they're really doing is truly trying to recognize where you're coming from, well, isn't that really what you want to know when you're angry? Well, don't, don't you want people to understand where you're coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I really what, like what you said about safe space, uh, one of the videos. Like that when a person is angry, you have to tell them that um, you are their safe space. That's kind of how I feel at times like my, my husband gets angry at me like for my anger management issues he's just yeah, you know like the stuff you said in the video like just calm down he says it not exactly like that but he kind of i guess he has trouble understanding why i get angry well, for the stuff he, he would never get angry for <laughs> i want to do this amy i want to do this i want you to stay on hold we're going to hit this real quick commercial break we're going to come back and we're going to keep talking about this can you hold on for me sure. yeah. definitely All right, listen, this is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Uh, the number is 866-391-1020 to be a part of the show. And right before the break, we started talking with Amy. And Amy, is her question was around validation. So, Amy, you're still with us, right? Her question is around validation. So you're asking about, like, for instance, um, when people tell you, when they validate you, at least for your experience so far, it it doesn't really do anything to kind of help you because they're telling you things like you need to calm down. Is that is that right? Well, I mean, um, they don't usually tell me to calm down, but they say they acknowledge the anger. They they can say, I see that you're angry. Like there are those people who try to, you know, who think they know how to calm you down, but they really don't from my experience. <laughs> and if they tell you like, okay, you should just um, like, I understand you're angry and things like this. So I don't know, for me, it never worked. So I was wondering like, how do you, how do you go about that? Okay, no, no, it's I love this, I, I love I wanna, this. Yeah, I so, want to, I guess, <laughs> to get that kind of, understand how to get it across, like, to people who surround me. Okay, like so what do you want them? them? What would you want from them? What would you want from them in those moments? Well, I I like what you said about safe space. I guess that what I would really want is that when I snap, sort of, right, I realize that I'm wrong at that moment, but it's kind of like a volcano erupting from inside me, like it's nothing I can really do about it, like that's how I feel, like it's very hard to calm myself down, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. And and so even though in my head I can understand that, okay, like that's stupid, just calm down, you know, and like stop it. And people outside, like I can see their reaction, like my relatives or like my friends who can witness it at this time, right, or my husband. And if they see how I am at that time, I can see how upset they become and how they lack understanding what's going on inside me and how I'm 
fight in it and, you know, doing effort into not doing, like, not going more angry. So I guess to answer your question, I would most want to feel understood and to feel that they appreciate that I'm actually working on the issue and, you know, trying to find out how to deal with it. Yeah. So, so here's what I would say around what, when I even use the word validate, because to me, I think it, it is a real, it's a kind of a key to, to, um, helping people deescalate, but understanding what actual validation is, there's a difference between just saying, um, Oh, I see you're angry and saying like, let me really truly understand what's going on through your eyes. Like, I want to hear what you, what's, I want to hear about that volcano that's erupting inside you. I want you to tell me what's going on with it and being interested in you and being interested in hearing what's ex- what you're experiencing in your mind, which no one can see unless you tell them about I think that might be a little different sense of the word validation than just acknowledging, oh, wow, you're angry right now. Like, that's the point of what validation is. And maybe telling your husband like something to the effect of, because, I uh, look, I believe this in relationships. We oftentimes expect our loved ones to just get it. We want them to know. And we sometimes we make the assumption that if we've been together long enough that they, quote, should know what to do. But I think the truth is that if they, we really want them to know, we have to teach them. And so maybe you telling your husband, look, when I'm angry, I would love for you to do this. I want you to start to get to the heart of why I'm angry or what's going on with me. And I want you to kind of be easy on me because I'm trying to learn how to be easy on myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you do when your husband's angry? <laughs> He's never angry. <laughs> He's never angry. <laughs> No. When you see people around you who are angry, what do you do? I try to notice as less as possible that they're angry and not to feed into their anger. And because that's at least that's how I feel that something that works for me, let's say if I'm, if I snap at a person who I don't really know, right? Yeah. Snap at someone like um, I don't know, a nurse who come to visit my child or someone like this, right? And I snapped. Um, they usually react like, "Whoa, what's going on? Like, what's wrong? Are you okay?" And <laughs> you know, and this is sound completely stupid. It makes me more angry, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, like makes me feel like some kind of weird <laughs> person, right? Right. Um, who cannot control herself. But if on the other hand, sometimes if I snap and the other person reacts like, oh, okay, and just continues if nothing happens, you know, that kind of gives me time to calm down, I suppose. So that's what I do usually when I see an angry person. I usually try to just, you know, pretend I don't notice it until I see if the person still insists, then okay, then I try to calmly talk about what's happening. But usually people just snap and let it go, you know? Right, right, right. So here's your challenge. Your challenge is we're probably, other than your husband, you're probably not going to be able to control how the world reacts to your anger. So what I would push you to do, because you definitely, I can, I can hear it in your voice. You're definitely smart enough to do this. Start to challenge yourself to be able to handle it in the most effective way, even if other people don't respond the way you want, because you'll never be able to control how they respond. You should be able to communicate with your husband. Hey, look, this is what I'd like. But when other people do it, it comes back to that self-talk, being able to say to yourself, I can't control what's going on, but it's not the end of the world. 
and I and I, I can get through this moment. Mm-hmm. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. Yeah, look, it does. Look, I love this call. I actually want to, I would love to keep talking to you, but here's the it's a piece of advice that I would give you before we hit out on this break is this. There is a beginning, middle, and end to every emotional experience you have. Every time you're angry, you're going to go through that. And what I want you to do is try to be easy on yourself at the very beginning and try to use the most moderate words you can as you go through it. This is a powerful call. Come Calling from San Francisco, Amy, thank you so much for calling. Thank you. I appreciate you. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDK Radio. This is Emotional Management, a weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti, brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on KDKA Radio. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. I really appreciate you joining me tonight. This is Emotional Management. The number is 866-391-1020. And let's go to the phone lines, and Roy from New Jersey, you're on KDKA. Hey, Doc, thank you so much for uh, having me. I just want to, you know, thank everyone at the station, everyone who's decided to put this show on, because it's, you know, it's like a, you know, global public service, you know, to help people out, whether they call it or not. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate hearing that. Yeah, no problem. You know, I have... You know a lot of a lot of your books, and you know, uh, read them all the time. Read them to my kids, and uh, you know, you really got that uh, beautiful life information going. So, you know, just really just uh, uh, keep that up. But I have, uh, you know, two part question. If I can squeeze them in. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we got know. time. Go ahead. All right. And one is uh, just anger and kids. You know, I know you have workbooks. Uh, how do you? How would you think? Uh, you know, would workbooks be good to dealing with angers and, and kids? I know you're you're a level five, I think, specialist. So I think when they go off, I think it used to be level six with these kids. <laughs> so no, that's a great that's a great great point. No, the true look. I think um, when it comes to kids, one of the best things you can do is practice ahead of time. So in other words, not waiting until they get angry, but kind of role playing like, okay, look, it's a Saturday morning. Everything's cool. Let's talk about like, let's role play what might happen if something doesn't go your way and you get angry. What can you do? And by actually acting it out, you give children insight. So depending on how old the kids are, they can get some tremendous insight by acting it out ahead of time. So that way, when they start to engage in it, it's familiar and they recognize something that they're doing. Great. Well, I'm going to try that out. Definitely. How old are your Um, kids? uh, They're from uh, uh, 6 to uh, 11. Okay, so awesome. So let's say with six. At six, I would do things, for instance, like I might use uh, the toys, the action figures, or stuffed animals that I could role play with and have those. I would I would act out the situations with the characters or with the stuffed animals, and then I would role play like one of them responding to the anger not in a healthy not an effective way and then the other one doing it in a really effective way so they could actually see the characters playing it out in two different ways and the advantage for you is you get to give the advice that you want like so for instance you get to say so however the ineffective one is you get to make that clear and then the one the way you want 
him or her to respond, well, now you're going to tell them exactly what this stuffed animal, this is what I would love to see. Um, and I think that gives them a chance to visually take it in. Okay. All right. well, that's great. Um, uh, this, the second part, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, dreams, right? Achieving, you know, what you want to do in your life. And, uh, you know, that you have in the, um, in your teaching stories book, you talk about the slingshot. I'm hoping this call turns into my slingshot. Um, you know, uh, I guess, you know, as you're, you know, your parent, you see things that inspire you. Um, you know, the two areas that I really like to focus on are, um, I'm not really involved in or, you know, trying to help out people with spinal cord injuries. I think those people are, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're unbelievable, you know, how they go about their life and they show so much strength. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the other piece are, um, I like to focus on is, uh, you know, promoting, you know, you know, nonviolence against, uh, against women, because I think, you know, how they're treated, you know, all over the world, um, you know, in some areas is, you know, it, you know, crushes your heart, you know, the stuff you see, um, so I'd like to spend, you know, energy in, in that area, um, helping out. Um, You'll and, do it. Uh, You'll do it. I t- you can hear it in your voice. You'll do it. Look, first of all, thank you for giving that shout out for teaching stories in that, that segment, Slingshot, in there. The idea behind Slingshot is sometimes it feels like you're going backwards, but if you think about what a Slingshot is, it goes backward. Whew, to fly forward farther than you could ever imagine. And sometimes in our lives we go backwards or we feel like we're going backwards, but the truth is we're just being pulled back so we can slingshot in the direction we want. And it honestly sounds like you're about to just take off. Both those areas are areas that are beyond honorable and they are like, when you're, le- when you're we talked at the beginning of the show, I talked about legacy. And for you to be pursuing that type of stuff, you're creating a legacy that will live beyond you and echo much farther than you would ever even see. Well, uh, I, I appreciate that, Doc. You know, if, and if I, uh, you know, achieve it, if you're at a talk one day and, you know, I'm lucky to be, uh, you know, part of that, I'd love to, you know, to tell you that, uh, um, you know, I've made progress in that one area. Um, you know, one of the things I just want to tell you, one story I saw about, uh, you know, promoting that was I, I watched the highlight clips of a soccer game in Italy. And uh, when I was watching the clips, I saw the players had um, they had something underneath their eye, and what they were doing they wore lipstick to promote um, you know nonviolence against women. So if I ever see you one day giving a talk, and uh, you know I'll be the one with the the you know saying I accomplished what I did, and I have the the lipstick under under the eye representing the I love it women across the world. I love it. Listen, we need strong men to be able to stand up and say it's not okay to intimidate women. I've been married to uh, the most beautiful queen on the planet um, for 19 years, and then we obviously have our uh, princess as a daughter. So, yeah, that's so important to me that men not be violent and learn to control those impulses. So, you know, I've done that's been a large part of the work I've done for 20 years, and I'm with you. So I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. I, I want to be able to make sure I got to your answers. Those uh, the first one around the children, you know, I want to make sure that's clear on role playing it. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing with the older children, 
even from that book, Teaching Stories, for instance, I think with an 11-year-old telling this type of myths and stories around, for instance, I use a lot of samurai stories because I think a lot of young people admire samurai, not because they control others, but because they control themselves. So telling samurai stories and making them analogous to your children's lives, I think, can really inspire them to want to go down the path that you'll want them to go down. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, Doc. Just the one last thing is that, you know, it's disrespectful to women also is when, you know, whether two people fight, whether they're not women, at, you know, at all, you know, there's someone's child still. You know, you see all these news stories, you know, um, we just got to treat each other better. So thank you so much, I love Doc. it. I and, appreciate uh, you. Shot. Definitely. I love Don't. it. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for that call. What a great call. I appreciate that so much. Look, if you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. I genuinely appreciate that. Roy from New Jersey, I definitely appreciate Amy from San Francisco, and I still have some more to to talk about. We got a whole bunch more coming up, including your questions that we're going to get to. Again, if you want to talk, 866-391-1020 is a number. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Hey, it's Monday night. It's Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. It's a show where we get to talk about whatever's going on in your life. If you're struggling with something, anything, if you're sad and you don't know what the cause of that sadness is, if you're angry and you just can't seem to get that anger under control, if you're anxious and it just feels like that anxiety is stopping you from living your life. Give me a call. 866-391-1020 is a number. If you don't feel comfortable saying your name, you could make up a name. You could be anonymous for sure. It's radio. No one will see you. Um, or you could always email. The number, uh, the email address is uh, from Dollar Bank Instant Access is kdkaradio.com. And speaking of the Dollar Bank Instant Access... I'm going to read a very powerful email from Donna. Donna writes, my boyfriend of one year died two weeks ago as a result of using cocaine. He had a hemorrhagic stroke. He was 56 years old. I feel like he was snatched away from me. Not only was his death a shock, but finding out he did cocaine was as well. I'm left wondering if he was using this whole time without me knowing or if it was a one-time thing. Either way, I feel like what we had was a complete lie. How do I grieve for him when I'm still reeling from the news that he used cocaine and that's what killed him? I'm going to see a therapist starting this week, but I'm fixated on this issue and I'm not allowed to tell anyone what really happened to him because his kids don't want anyone to know. Please, any suggestions you have are greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for your question. First, my heart goes out to you. If there was a way to reach through these radio airwaves into your heart and help take away some of that pain, I would do it. I wish I could find a way to do that. My heart definitely goes out to you. I can't imagine what's going through your mind other than what you wrote here, the the the, the shock. And I think that's a really probably on point word right there, shock to find out not only did he, did he die suddenly, but also that 
he was doing something that you didn't know about. So, and then it can, then you can get that sense of feeling betrayed. Like, was he doing this to me? So there are a lot of parts to this. I want to kind of break down with you. And the first one is this, when someone is using substances or engaging in any kind of that kind of behavior, there is a tendency to believe that it's about you or about someone else or that it's about betrayal. But the truth is it's between that person and the substance they're using. People don't use to get others. They use because they are struggling in their own way. Oftentimes people will use substances because they are struggling with the disease of addiction. And the disease of addiction is, is, is different because for so many people, when they, if you, if you have cancer, if you're diagnosed with diabetes, nobody's going to be mad at you. If you're, if your insulin drops, nobody's going to be mad at you. If you, you know, you, you crave something, but yet when it comes to addiction, when people crave the substance, people all of a sudden have judgments and this is bad or wrong. And, and the truth is it is what it is. It is if we got rid of all the rules in life and we just realized that this person felt a certain way and this substance helped mask that the substance helped him deal with life. Then we wipe away the judgment. And one of the things for you, Donna, is you would be able to say your whole relationship that you had was not a complete lie. It was not. This was a different aspect. If you were struggling, let's say you had a headache. Let's break it down to an analogy. Let's say you had a headache and you took an Advil. You wouldn't say, ah, this was, it had nothing to do with him. It had to do with you had an Advil. You took that, that medicine to feel better. Now, of course there is balance. Of course there is the Advil is, is regulated. Of course the Advil is designed to help you feel better. But I'm not talking about that part right now. I'm talking about the peace to give you some sense of peace around what he did. This wasn't about doing it to you or to betray your relationship or make you everything you had a lie. This was saying there was a part of his life he didn't want to share. Maybe he was really embarrassed about it. Maybe he didn't feel comfortable sharing it because he felt like he would be really judged by it. Maybe it was a one-time thing. We don't know. Maybe you will find out, maybe you won't, but here's what I want you to know. He wasn't trying to alleviate his pain through using drugs to get you. He was trying to alleviate his pain through using drugs to alleviate his pain. And that's really important to understand because I don't want you to think your whole relationship was a lie. It wasn't. And I don't even know you other than what you just wrote in here. So how do you grieve for him when you're still reeling from that news? Well, hopefully this helps you start to put that news in perspective so that you don't start to think, ah, he's, he did this to get me. He did this because there was something wrong with me or something lacking with us. You would say he did this because he was struggling. He was in pain. And that, that's an important piece for you to truly understand. And when I hear you say you're fixated on this issue, okay, I get it. You're not allowed to tell anyone what happened, but I can't be, I'm so grateful to hear that you're going to see a therapist because going to see a therapist is where you're going to be able to get this stuff out. Look, I love what I do here. I give all of you my best. This is not a replacement for therapy. 
Like I invite everyone to go out and talk to somebody. I think therapy is something that should be normalized. Look, last week we had on the show Jake Wiskirchen, and uh, he is a therapist, marriage and family therapist in the state of Nevada. And he said, I wish therapy was as cool as CrossFit. I love that statement. He said, people take pictures of CrossFit saying, look, I'm working out. I'm trying to get better physically. Why don't we just say, hey, look, I just entered my therapist's office and I'm trying to get better mentally. I love that. I love that phrase and the way he put that because it's true. There's nothing wrong with going to talk to the therapist. So I'm really grateful that you are. I love the idea of a therapist being able to keep things confidential for you so that you can really say what you want to say and know that you you have that sacred space. The idea of wanting to talk to someone and make it confidential, this isn't new. This is a concept that if you look into uh, religious traditions has been around for thousands of years. Of course, even in a traditional uh, Catholic tradition where you might go see a priest and it's confidential, that wasn't actually always the case. It actually used to be public um, confessionals. They used to actually stand in front of the church and say, hey, to everyone, these are my these are my sins or whatever, but eventually it became a confidential confessional. So here we are hundreds of years later from that. And I think we've all acknowledged we need that. We need that type of confidential expression of what's going on. So I'm so grateful you're going to see that person. I really do hope that what I'm saying resonates with you. I hope that you can see that when he used whatever he used, he didn't do it to get you He didn't do it to betray you. He didn't do it to completely annihilate everything you experienced with him. He did it because he was in pain and he didn't share that pain with you. And I don't know why that happened. And maybe you'll figure that out. But I think what you'll do know is this. I believe that we oftentimes forget to rely on our spiritual beliefs. So whatever your spiritual beliefs are, thinking about where he is now away from that pain If you could visualize him coming to speak to you now, him in the space that he is now, free from pain and coming to have a heart to heart with you, what would that conversation look like? What would he say? What do you think he might express to you? My guess is that he's going to express to you that the love you had, the connection you had was pure, genuine love. That was good but there were still parts of his life that he wasn't ready to share. I did read the very beginning of your email that he was a boyfriend of one year. So there were probably, he was 56 years old. So there was a lifetime. And I don't know if you were friends until that time or not, but there was sounds like a whole lot of his life that he still hadn't been able to disclose to you. We're all struggling. We are all struggling in some ways, but here's what I can promise you. When we struggle, we struggle because of what's going on inside of us, not to get others. When we hurt others, it's a, it's because we're in pain. If you're in pain, the number is 866-391-1020. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to try to help. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDK Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. The number is 866-391-1020. If you want to call and be a part of the show and the dollar bank instant access to email is kdkaradio.com. I am, uh, I'm moved by these emails and the calls. I think this is really powerful. I think it takes a lot of courage 
So to everyone who called in so far tonight, thank you so much. I think it takes a lot of courage. And I want you to know that you're not you're not just doing this for you. Whatever's motivating and moving you to call in, people are listening. Uh, this show is having a reach. And I feel beyond humbled. I've blown away. We have met some people in the community. People have reached out to say that they listen. Um, so I'm super grateful for that. But I also want to let you know, if you're calling in, you're not just helping you, you're actually helping a lot of people. I think the really interesting thing that a lot of people find when they call in is the support, knowing that other people really also struggle with these issues. So my tagline for the last 20 years is there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who have issues and dead people. So if you're currently alive, you have issues. So do I. We all do. That's just a part of life. Let's go to the dollar bank instant access. And here is the question. It says, my husband is a workaholic, so he doesn't show me love and care. I am so irritated and I feel like I could run away from the home. Could you please help me? Thanks. Uh, uh, Diva. D-I-V-Y-A. So if I mispronounce that, I apologize. It's a great question. So you're in a relationship where your husband is not showing you love, not showing the type of care that you want. He's a workaholic. There is probably um, there are probably reasons why your husband's a workaholic. One, he may very well absolutely love his job. He may love. He may have a passion about what he's doing. I think I would very much classify myself as a workaholic, so I can give you a perspective on that. Um, but I also believe at the same time, whereas I might be a workaholic, it's because I genuinely love what I do. It's not because I'm addicted to work. It's because I want to leave a legacy on this world. So I, I would have to decipher whether or not I'm projecting onto your husband, but maybe it's because he very much loves what he does and wants to impact the world. He also might be escaping because some people escape into their work out of relationships. So maybe he's not showing you love and, and care. And just to hear that, the way you're phrasing it, I feel like I want to run away from the home. There may be some aspects where he says, look, I'm not comfortable here. So I would rather dive into work just to get away. And if that's the case, it's easy to put the blame on one person. It's his fault for working. It's his fault for going so far into that. But the reality is, and this is really empowering, this is important for me that you hear this, you play a role in your relationship. And I think I say that with love, I say that with compassion, but I really want you to hear that because oftentimes I have seen people for 20 years say, well, it's the other person's fault. Look, any relationship is a two-way street. Any relationship takes, it takes two to tango. There are two people involved. And so what are you contributing? And this is the question I really want to ask you. What are you contributing to the relationship? So my wife has said this before. If you want to show, if you want love, you, are you showing love? I hope I quoted her correctly. But if you want love, are you showing love? In other words, so what, what are you showing that is drawing him in towards you or, and this is what happens. This is fascinating. So watch, watch the dynamics, the interpersonal relationships. If you're feeling insecure, you're feeling like he's working and going away. What you might do is say, I'm going to nag. 
I'm going to come at it. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing, why are you working like this? And now you make yourself a really uncomfortable space to be around. And so he has an option to turn around and come home or go back to work. And he might flip around and go right back to work because when he comes home, he's going to be nagged. He's going to have people, he's going to have you coming at him instead of making yourself a safe space. And again, if your focus is on what he's doing wrong, you're not likely to change it because you'll say, hey, it's his fault. He's the one. I'm doing everything fine. But I think it's worth it to be mindful about what you're contributing to the relationship. I think it's worth it for you to be mindful what you're bringing to this relationship. Are you someone he wants to be around? Are you contributing the kind of energy that makes it comfortable for him to be around? Or are you contributing the kind of energy that's nagging and, and at him. I think it's important for you to understand that sometimes you need to be the hero in your own life. And if you like that statement, it came from my wife. I'd like to say it came from me, but it didn't it came from my wife. So I do emotional management minutes and I have with me in studio tonight my favorite human being on planet Earth, Kaya Conti. Kaya, welcome back on the show. Thanks for having me and huge compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand uh, Kaya is helping me put together um, a book of my emotional management minutes. I do emotional management minutes and you've picked out one that you'd like to share with the audience tonight. Give it to us. Um, well, I was looking through and I saw this one. It's called No Mic Drop. And it says, a mic drop is an action people on stage can take after making a strong point. They drop the mic and that signals an abrupt end. Also, that the mic isn't going to be passed to someone else, so it's the last word. A mic drop signifies that the speakers believe nothing else needs to be said because they've said it all. But that's just silly. Like no matter, Just like no matter how great a meal ever is, there will always be hunger the next day. So too, do we ever say it all? There's no mic drop in life, even if anonymous internet users want to make a point on topic and then drop the mic. Oh, that's very good. Did you, you write it. that? Oh. No, you wrote it. Oh, I did. Oh, well, you read it really well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no mic drop. So what do you think of that? I think it's really deep, and I think it's a great statement. So we don't ever, the point of that is we never just say whatever we need to say, and boom, that's it. It's over. It's a continuous dialogue. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to take this deeper. There was a philosopher, a German philosopher named G.W.F. Hegel, George Wilhelm Frederick Hegel, if I'm remembering serves. Long name. So Hegel was a philosopher who wrote in really convoluted ways. He was tough to decipher what he read, but let me sum it up for you in the most easy way possible, Kai. Here's what he said. We have a thesis, a statement that we make, and anytime we make a statement, it automatically holds its antithesis, so the direct opposite of that statement. And if you combine those two, the thesis, the statement, and its direct opposite, you get a synthesis or a new statement out of those two. And then guess what that is? That's a new thesis. So now there's another opposite. In other words, it goes on and on and on and on forever. In other words, there's no mic drop because there's always more to add. I think that is that that sums up that sums up pretty much every conversation you could ever have with somebody. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for reading that. So I do these emotional management minutes and they're on iTunes. You can download them. That's another free resource. I like to try to give as much as I can. I feel blessed to be in the position I'm in, so I'm able to do these, but these are free to go on iTunes and download emotional management 
the podcast. What kind of advice do you have for the listening audience tonight? Um, there is never any mic drop in life. <laughs> 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 There's always a um, conversation that keeps going on and there, there will never be a last word. So keep talking. <laughs> keep talking. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. So there's always more to be said. In other words, let's think about this. If you're in a spot in your life where you think, well, I told them and that's it. It's not it. There's more. And here's what this does for you. If you take the position of no mic drop, you lead with humility. And when you lead with humility, you put your ego aside. And when you put your ego aside, you're able to connect with people and learn and listen and learn rather than prove a point. So I ask people all the time, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And that's a powerful question that I'm posing to you all out there tonight. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Because if you want to be happy, it's not going to involve just a mic drop. That's temporary fulfillment in a moment. Oh, look, I proved myself right But that's not true happiness. True happiness is that dialogue. It's that fulfillment to the depth of who you are. Hey, I'm Dr. Christian Conti. And I'm Kaya Conti. And this is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Hey, this is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. The number is 866-391-1020 if you want to be a part of the show. And the Dollar Bank Instant Access is kdkaradio.com. I am so grateful for the callers that we had tonight, the emails that we have. I think it takes a lot of courage to look at your life. I, I, I think it's easy to believe that it's the outside world that's that needs to change. So we had a powerful caller um, earlier with Amy, and she was expressing like, look, this validation, if someone says, you know, acknowledges that I'm angry, that doesn't really help me calm down because I'm still angry. But I want to be really clear that what I mean by validation isn't simply saying, oh, look, you're angry. What I mean by validation, validation is to acknowledge a person's perspective. So I'm not just saying, yes, you're angry. I'm saying, teach me about your side. I, I, I liken it to a box. So if you're on one side of the box and I can't see that side of the box, I need you to teach me what you're seeing on your side. And that's validation. So if, Amy, if your husband's able to say, teach me what you're seeing right now, that volcano you described inside you, teach me what that looks like. What's ex- what's happening inside you? That is validation, not just acknowledging, yes, you're angry. But then there's that flip side. So this is, this is cool. And this is amazing about, this is why I love the courage of the callers, the courage of the people who will call in. It's so amazing because there's a flip side. So one, there are things that we can express to loved ones about how we would love for them to receive what's going on, how we would love for them to experience what we're delivering. But two, the flip side is what can we do? So if we can't change the outside world, if, if people around you aren't going to change, then what can you do? What can you do differently to empower yourself to say, you might not respond to me the way I want you to, but I can still be okay. 
And that ties back into self-talk. That's why I did that little video today on YouTube about anger and self-talk, because if I can't change the outside world, I can certainly change my interpretation of the outside world, what I say to myself about it. So for instance, I might say to myself, I would love, so if I'm Amy, if I'm Amy, I'm thinking I would love for my loved ones to do exactly what I want them to do right now. I do. I want that. And I feel that. We all have that experience from time to time where we're like, man, can't you just respond to me exactly the way I'm thinking in my mind? And that's perfectly normal to think that. Unfortunately, the reality is that the world doesn't operate that way. So first I say, yes, that would feel awesome. Second, I say, okay, now if the world's not going to play out exactly the way I want, then what can I do? Well, one thing I can do is say this, look, I would love for you to respond to me this way right now, but I understand that's not happening. And then the other piece is this, learning to control those emotions. Sometimes, and this is powerful, this is so powerful, and this is not just for Amy, this is for all human beings out there listening and even for the human beings speaking. This is for all of us. Sometimes we get this feeling like, um, well, I just can't control it, so it's your job to respond differently when the reality is it's always our responsibility for how we act. We're not in control of what happens to us all the time in life, but we are always responsible for what we do with what happens to us in life. Let me say that again. You might not be able to control in life all the things that happen to you, but you are always responsible for what you do with what happens to you in life. And if we flip it to other people, you just think of other people in your life. If someone comes to you and explodes on you and then says, well, I couldn't control that, you're not going to be okay with that. You're going to say, well, wait a minute. Great. You weren't feeling that way, but you're still responsible for what you just did to me. And we have a tendency to minimize the pain we cause others, but maximize or amplify the pain they cause us. So whereas we might say, look, it's not okay for you to explode on me. It's not okay for you to erupt on me. Somehow we justify and say it's okay for us to explode onto them. And that's where we need to shine light. That's where we need to be mindful. That's where we need to say, look, this whole experience of life is about shining light and learning from every moment. That's what education is. Remember at the very onset of this whole show, I talked about teaching inmates about what could we do to strive differently? What if we made life about inner peace? What if we made it about education? What if we made it about legacy and the education piece do cherry to lead ed x out to lead out to lead out of proverbial darkness to lead out of proverbial darkness is to shine light on the areas on which we need to shine light and we need to do that by saying why are we doing the things we're doing every monday night i'm here with you to shine light on what you're doing and shine light on what i'm doing what we're all doing in this together I don't think we're any better than each other. We're just all in this together. I believe that we're all seeing, in some ways, slightly different sides of a box. And we need each other. We need each other to hear what side the other is seeing. The more we can set our egos aside, the more we can approach others with humility, the more we're able going to we're more able we're going to uh we're, the more we're going to be able to see. I was on a roll, but I messed that up. It's okay. That's life. We can't do things perfectly. 
Coming back to Roy, what a great call. Roy, when it comes to talking to your children, they can't do things perfectly. They don't, they're, they're in the world for the first time. It's our job as parents and adults to teach them. And it sounds like you're doing an awesome job. I absolutely love that. So keep teaching them. Role play, tell stories, do what you can. Every Monday night, we're here um, to take your calls, take your emails, and help you in any way we can. That's why KDKA supports me doing this show. That's why we do this here. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. And until next time, as always, I wish you much peace. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com.